All right, everybody, welcome to our Rocket X Society call. This is January 24, 2024. You already can't believe we're already almost a month into 2024. It's kind of flying by. Um, as you guys know, we're, we are starting to press towards summer pretty fast, right? As you guys know about, we're about 60 to 90 days away from starting to run those furnace call or those AC tune-ups and starting to get out there and, and getting those first, you know, those first people, that first wave of people that want to take it stuff over, or, you know, take care of stuff, be proactive about it. And you guys need to be starting to gear up. You know, a lot of mistakes that businesses make is that they wait until they're busy to try to start implementing stuff, to start putting processes in place. And, and one of the things that happened last year, and I'll tell a little story, you know, I partnered with a business in Vegas last year and the business had been around for 10 years. They ran it super small, super easy. And, you know, they never really had, you know, that many, you know, that many jobs sold, that many customers in their, in their uh, that were coming in. But what happened is we put we put you know gasoline on the business right so we we uh, we came in 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 December and we started getting everything ready but we didn't really start preparing which which is the most important part of the business which is actually your, your accounts receivable right and one of the first things that I find when I go into businesses that I, is hey I first question I ask them is what's how much money is in your your AR uh, a lot of times companies can't even tell me how much money is in their AR because they're not tracking it properly, which is already scary alone, right? Because AR, right, that's that's your money that's sitting there. You just haven't collected it yet. Um, but what happens a lot of times is that as you get busier, what, what happens to your AR, right? It starts going crazy, right? So our business in Vegas, which is Summit Air Conditioning, all of a sudden we went from a business that was doing maybe a hundred to $200,000 a month on the busy season, maybe 300000 max, Right. And all of a sudden we come, you know, come April, we go to half a million. And then all of a sudden we go to, you know, and by April and May, we're doing over a million and a half. By June, we did $2.7 million a month, 2.7 million in June, 2. I think it was like 2.8 in July. So this business went from, you know, a, a real small mom and pop shop to, holy shit, we got a real business. Well, you know, my, my partner's coming to me and he's like, well, we don't have, you know, our bank account low, right? Because, you know, I'm like, well, what do you mean your bank account's low? We're selling all these jobs. And. I said, well, what's in the accounts receivable? And at one point, we had $1.3 million sitting there that hadn't been collected. Well, when you do jobs and you don't collect the money, do your bills stop? Or do they continue to compound, right? Your vendors are still going to want to get paid. You still got to pay your employees. You still got to pay your benefits. You still got to pay for gas and trucks and all these things that go on. But then you can't afford them because those bills are coming due, but you haven't collected your money. So this is one thing that I want to challenge you guys to is really think about your collection process and what what happens right from the time the customer says hey let's do the job to the time the job's done and collected and the money's in your bank because if you guys do want to scale a business this is something that's going to really add up in the summertime it gets out of control you guys are, you guys are busy you're running around all of a sudden the end of summer comes around you got a hundred thousand dollars in AR that you never collected or two hundred thousand you never collected and now what happens do those customers are those customers usually easy to go to hold of or are they hard to get hold of? They don't find, they, do they ignore your phone call? They won't answer, you know, only way you're going to probably get a hold of them is a baseball bat knocking on their door, right? And it does, it creates a friction between the customer and creates a friction between the business, right? Because I don't want to be, a, I don't want to be a collector, right? Like who wants to be a debt collector, right? You know, we do a job, we should pay for it. And I always look at AR like, like this, right? So imagine I went and, and I believe that you should have zero AR, right? You should be collecting the money right then, right there. Boom. As soon as the job's done, you should be getting paid, you should be getting paid. And I look at it like this, right? So if I went to, imagine I went to 7-Eleven today, right? I walked into 7-Eleven and I want to, hey, what's up, Jeff? And Jeff is actually, you know, someone that can talk about this too, because he's very good at this business. His AR and his business is usually zero. Jeff don't, Jeff gets his money, right, Jeff? Yes, sir. He's got a lot of guns though, but a little different. 
But when, when Jeff talks about, you know, when you talk about AR and like some of these other businesses that we, that we were partnered with, like they, they got $600,000 in AR. And Jeff's like, what the fuck do you mean $600,000 in AR, right? Like he would never allow that to happen. We can't hear you, Jeff, because you're not, you're not on Richard's account. We're not a business. We're not a collection business. We, we collect our money as the job happens. So there is no AR. There is no AR. And what happens is that Jeff has put a process in place that it's allowed his business to, to collect the money right away. Right. And so when you look at, when you look at it, we have to really think about that process now, because if you guys are start scaling, also that money's out there, you can't pay your bills because you haven't collected your money. So right now, what does anybody want to go through what their, what their collection process is right now? Does anybody have a process in place or you just like, Oh, fly by the seat of your pants. We, we, we do, we do pretty good. Uh, we're not perfect by no means. Uh, but you know, if let's say we, we run a trip, uh, trip and diagnostic and it turns over to a lead, um, we, uh, they're supposed to collect the, uh, $80, $88 trip and diagnostic fee. Well, I think that's one of the number one things that we skip on. Right. And we, we just, we just had this conversation yesterday and almost every business I go to, it's like, you know, they forget to collect that trip, trip fee. Right. Yeah. Or if they, they turn over a lead, they, they think they don't have to collect it. But did we already do the work? We already went out there. We already spent an hour and a half there. They're like, well, well the customer is going to, they're going to buy a new system. So I'm not charging. No, no, that's not how this works. Right. We collect our money. And then if they do buy a new system, I'll give them the $89 back. No big deal. But how often does that happen? And you guys will see it compounds over time, you know, might be one or two, but you know, all of a sudden over time, it starts doing this. And these customers don't answer you back. And then $89, you don't have the time to go chase them down. But if you have 100 customers a month that aren't paying your $89, it adds up pretty quickly, right? Um, so that's another one. What about your, as far as like your collection side on your installs, right? So I sell a job, I go out there, we do the job. What's your process as far as collecting it after, after the job is done? Uh, after down payment, uh, you know, if they're paying by check, we, we they're, they're not supposed to leave there without the remaining balance. Um, what is, uh, I know there's different laws in different states. What is the laws in your guys' state as far as how much you can collect down uh, when you sell the job? Uh, it, we, we typically, you know, typically, depending if it's a club member, we'll take 10%. If it's somebody that we're, we're new to, we, we take 50% 50, 50 down. Um, but if they're 100% down, can you take the full payment? We've done that, but uh, we typically don't ask for that 100% up front. Um, you, so you, how quick are you usually getting the job done? Uh, standard, like full system change outs, like uh, one day usually. Um, get the damn money then. They, they, they committed <laughs> to, I'm serious. No, they, yeah, they I, I get to, it. Yeah. I, I get it. Getting the job done tomorrow, and I don't even ask them. I just tell them like, "Can the total amount of change in construction as a model?" Thirteen thousand four fifty-six. How would you like to get that? And then if they if they give you flat back, like, "Oh, I got to pay for it all right now," then I'm like, "Well, the normal the, our normal process is we collect half down and half when the job's complete. But with this job getting complete tomorrow, if you just want to do one check or." One credit card payment and make it easy. We could just do it all right now, or else we could do half down and half tomorrow when the job's done. 
And, and I think with that way, right, because obviously in California, we're not able to do that. Um, but with that way, it also is going to give you, is that customer sure about the job? Because if the customer is sure about moving forward with it, you know, what's stopping them from doing it, correct? So I think it's, it's one of those things that it's almost a good thing as far as post-closing. But I know like for us in California, we can't collect 100%. We can collect 10% down and, you know, I don't care what anybody says. And, oh, we collected all in California. I'm not going to get, I'm not losing my license for collecting all the money up front. So we have to collect, we have to create a collection process, right? So one of the things that I always talk about is if we're selling a job, right, we have to have that communication. It starts, it starts with the salesman, right? The salesman needs to have communication and you guys need to be training on this and say, Hey, Mrs. Smith, you know, by the time when we're done with the job, you know, the only thing, obviously we're going to make sure we get everything done correctly. And a lot of people are like, well, oh, I want to wait on the permits, right? Well, you know, for us, obviously we can't wait on the, you know, the permits can take anywhere between four to six weeks, depending on how, how fast you're able to get the inspectors out here and all those things. But we do need to get paid before we turn the system on. Uh, so, you know, my process is, is that we're, once a job's done, you know, the morning of the job, the completion, so it might be tomorrow or the next day, whatever day we plan on finishing the job, you're going to hear from my office and my office girl is going to be calling you and let you know. So the day before the day we're going to finish the job, if you're paying by credit card, she's going to collect that morning or by financing, she's going to be collect, she's going to be going ahead and submitting that financing. Before we start your system up by the end of the day, we may, we have to make sure that payment is collected before we'll start your system. Right. And that's just her, that's company policy. Right. So a lot of times what happens is you get busier and some of you guys aren't that big yet, but when you have five, 10, 15, 20 jobs a day and your guys are running like some of my, in Vegas, some of my guys are doing two to three installs a day, right? So they're rushing out the door, right? So we have to create a process that's going to be, it can't be dependent on the installers. If it's dependent on the installers is when we start getting issues and start getting backed up and start having all these AR issues, right? Because your installers aren't good communicators. Would you guys agree? If your installers are good communicators, they wouldn't be installers. Okay, so we right. can't depend on the installers to collect the money. Uh, a lot of time it has to come down to the office and it's gonna happen and it's gonna happen up front. So the second we sell a job, we have we have a, what's called our happy call, right? So our happy call is the second we sold it, our install department or coordinator or whoever it is in that in your business, it might be you, it might be your wife, right? If your sales guy sells it, they're gonna have a phone call. Hey, by the way, this is Victor with Absolute Airflow. Uh, I just wanna reach out and say congratulations on your new system. We're super excited to get it installed. Looks like we're installing it tomorrow. Uh, did Joe let you know what our process is on, on installation? So first off, we're going to show, you know, day one, this, this looks like based on the notes here, it looks like it's going to be a one day job. So when we go ahead and start the job tomorrow, we are going to be collecting payment. It looks like you're either paying, you know, obviously they're paying on the, on the contract here. It looks like you're paying with a check uh, or check cash or credit card or financing, right? So we got to figure out how they're paying. Before our job is complete tomorrow, before we start up our system, we will be collecting a check or we will be running your credit card. Do you have the credit card that you're going to be using for final installation, right? Because right now you guys understand that we're heading into a recession, right? We're already in the damn thing, right? What do you think those people are going to do? Those people are the cash buyers scare the fuck out of me right now because they go install it. And then they're like, well, I don't have the money. Fuck are you going to do then, right? So you guys really have to think about this stuff and say, hey, look, you know, because of the situation, anytime we do a check, we have to have that check in hand before we'll complete the job. Right, because it's so once they once they leave there, you're trying trying to chase them down, trying to go. What are you going to put a lien on their house? You're going to do all this stuff. It's going to be impossible. So, second you install that, sell that job, there you should be a happy call. Uh, the other reason we want to do a happy call is because a lot of times your sales guys will be like, "Oh, they want to install on Saturday, right? When do we want that shit installed? Next day, right? We want it immediately. So even if my sales guy says, "Oh, they're not available on Saturday, they're not available till Saturday," my happy call is going to say, "Hey, by the way, Mrs. Smith." We had an opening for tomorrow. Is there any way that we can possibly, you can possibly possibly fill that spot for us? And at that point, I'm even, obviously if they say, well, no, blah, 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 we'll even offer them a discount to install tomorrow. 
right? I want the, I want the install done today. I'm not trying to wait till Saturday or next week or whatever it is, but it's also going to tell me if that's, if that's that, that sale is even sticky. Cause sometimes like a sales guy's like, yeah, he booked it out two weeks, but they didn't really sell the job, right? They got a contract signed. They don't have the deposit. They don't have any of the stuff. We don't want to go order equipment and plan for it unless it's really, really sold. So the happy call should be talking about the process of the installation. Hey, by the way, it looks like you're in uh you're in LA, right? Or just so you know, our guys get here in the office real early in the morning. They should be out of your house by 9 a.m. Looks like it's going to be a one-day job. Typically, this type of job will finish within six to eight hours. So by the time the end of the day is done today, we are going to be collecting and, and running your system. Keep in mind, we won't start up your system until you approve the financing. We run your credit card. We collect the check or however they're going to pay for it, correct? So the, the, the happy call is going to set the, set the precedent for how we're going to do business. And then... Now the day of, right? So now we call them after the guy just sold the job, you know, 20 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago, an hour ago, whatever it is, the time before you get out there, we have that happy call. The day of, it's going to be your accounts receivable, right? AR is going to, or whoever the hell is collecting your money is going to call and say, hey, by the way, our guys are on the way. You know, Brad and Jeff are our best installers that we have. I'm super excited for you to have your new air conditioning system. Just so you know, um, we are going to be finishing today. So we will be collecting on this job. How did you plan on paying for it? And then let them know at that point, we are going to be collecting on it. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah, I usually ask them on the day of the, the sale when, when the salesman's there. Plus the, what do you ask I'm them? To, huh? What do you ask them? How they're paying. If they're financing No, yeah, obviously, I, I'm just saying I don't know how they're paying, right? So, like, obviously, on our, our contracts, we're going to say how they're paying. Hey, it looks like you're paying by credit card, but I'm just being hypothetical here because I don't know how they're, how they're paying. Right. But, like, hypothetically, right. they're paying by credit card. Hey, it looks like we're paying by credit card. Uh, we have this credit card on file. Is this one okay to run, right? Or, right. hey, it looks like you're paying by financing. By the way, this is how the financing process works. So a lot of times we we do the jobs and we're like, oh, we're, they finance it. Don't worry about it. Well, then we're trying to get, then they're trying to do the, because the financing company has to call them too, right? The financing company has to call them and say, hey, did the job, was the job good? Are they complete? All this stuff. Well, also on the same, the same note, right? I always tell them, because what if you have drywall, you have inspection, whatever this other bullshit is that they try to hold up your money. And say, hey, Mr. Smith, by the way, our job is to get you air conditioning, right? We are going to take care of the drywall. We're going to take care of all these things. But before us to start, before we will start up your, your system, you need to, the financing company is going to call you and you need to sign off that we completed the job. Otherwise, we can't start the system. If you'd like to have the system started today, we're going to do this. If you'd like to wait till the drywall is done for us to start the system, that's fine if that's the route you want to go. You guys see what I mean? Because a lot of times they're like, well, the permit's not done. This isn't done. Okay, perfect. Well, we can wait for the permit process. It's going to take about four to six weeks. During that time, we won't be starting your air conditioner until we collect the money. Does that make sense? Because how yeah, many times have you, you uh, how many, go ahead. Don't you uh, go over the contract with them or the, the invoice when you show up at the job and get them to sign off on it first? Yeah, they do. They do have to sign up. Well, they have already signed off on the contract. They've already signed off on the invoice before we ever get to the job. So we do bring them a copy of the contract, but they're not signing off anything at the job as far as the as far as a contract. What do you mean? Just main, basically just reassuring them that the you know the numbers hadn't changed from the time that we sold it, and when we showed up, yeah, you know, this is we're installing. You know, here it is. Just sign off that we we can get it started. Yeah, I don't really have any sign-off sheet. I mean, I, I wouldn't be a bad idea because my contracts are already pre-signed. Uh, I, I run a third-party contract that my attorney's already approved. I don't do it through Service Titan and the other ones. I have a second contract that's already signed, but I do have a printed-out contract that my installers go through line by line before we start the work. But I don't have anything else that I have them sign. Um, 
I mean, if that's how you guys have it set up, but my contracts don't really fit into Service Titan, but I have to do stuff legally to not get my ass kicked. Yeah. So I don't know what you're, I don't know how your guys are, yeah, because some guys are just doing, if you guys are just doing like those house call pro authorizations or Service Titan authorizations and you're not actually writing out a legal contract, yeah. good luck with that thing holding up, just so you guys know. Okay. Um, but for us, it's already, they already have a legally binding contract. We have a printed copy and we bring it out to them. Um, but like I said, I will not start the job until we figure out how we're paying. If they're paying by credit card check or, or financing, we are going to be collecting before that job's completed. That's all I'm letting them know. And if they try to say, well, we're not, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not paying until the permits are submitted. Mrs. Smith, we do everything by city code, but keep in mind, we can't control when the city can get out here. Just like any other form of the government, they take their time to drag their feet to come out. Uh, if you would like your AC to work today or your furnace to work today, we will need you to collect payment today. Otherwise, we will not turn it on until it until they until you until we collect payment. So many guys are like, okay, well, yeah, no, well, don't worry about it or whatever it is, or after, or they wait till the end of the job, and the customer says that, and then what are you going to do? You already started the damn system. We I think were you doing the same thing for plumbing also, or was it different? It's for every everything that we do. I won't do the work. I will not turn on. They will not get water in their house. They won't get hot water. They won't get running water. I don't give a shit if they don't pay. Um, and I'm, I don't wait for inspections. I'm not waiting for any of that stuff. I've already done the job. I've already got it complete. I will not. I will not run anything until I collect. I've been screwed. Wait, if you once you've been robbed hundreds of thousands of dollars by customers, then you then you'll understand. But like for me, it's in California. Everybody's trying to get one over on everybody. And trying to go and get the money after you leave is about damn near impossible. And the same thing happened to us in Vegas. In Vegas, we went, we went, in Vegas, we went over, we had, like I said, like $600,000 in accounts receivable. We can't figure out, you know, or over a million dollars at one point. But when I, when I jumped in, it was six, 650,000. And guess what? Those customers, do you think they answered their phones? No, they didn't answer their phones. They blew us off. They did all. So we had to have a collection team. I had my sales team go become collect, become money collectors. And that didn't go over very well because your sales guys don't get paid until you collect your money. So now they're not getting paid because your processes are messed up. Um, I saw someone ask about the electronic signatures. Yes, but if you guys don't, there needs to be terms and conditions on every single thing that you do. Uh, I don't know your state laws, but in California, like my terms and conditions were about freaking this long. Okay, like it, it was a long term of conditions because there's so many ways for people to weasel out of shit. And it's probably the same way in your state. You know, most people are good people and not going to lie and steal, but I don't trust anybody. Right. And so you guys have to really think about, you know, any big company you've ever done that has ever done business, they have a legal contract that was done by a con by an actual attorney to make sure they can protect themselves. Yeah, I wanted to have some additional value there, Vic, like you mentioned. Uh, we we have that that process written out for you guys. I put it in the, in the chat if you guys want to pull it up. It's the happy call closure process. Um, and it does go over all those those individual things you guys mentioned, like the contract information. It's it's pretty, pretty yeah. Thorough, so all, so. All, all it is, I mean, obviously, maybe your states are different, but you know, we have businesses in multiple states now, and we run into this every everywhere we're at, right? There's always a bad apple. There's always somebody, but the only way to prevent that is to have a process in place, and that's what I'm trying to. I'm not really trying to beat up your process. I don't care what your process is. Our number one thing is getting the money, but I know what process has worked for us to make sure that our AR doesn't explode because I had I've had I had the same thing in California. As soon as I implemented the process, my my AR went away. Right. And we have a bunch of different rules, regulations, permitting, HERS testing, all these things that we have to deal with on a, on a regular basis that make it very difficult to collect because customers don't want to do stuff until they, they don't want to pay you until you're complete. Um, you know, for us, if, if we are doing by check, they have to they have to give us a check that day for deposit, the 10 percent. And they have to give us a post dated check for the day we're going to complete the job. 
or we will not start. Another question in here. Thanks for putting the, the happy call process in there, Mike. So you guys can go through that. So the happy call process is, is important, right? And this in the same thing, right? You have to make like for us, one of the things that we we like to like I did I started implementing um when right before we sold absolutely the last couple months, I implemented having my my sales reps do a do a a job site visit on every every sale. So if they sold the job, they need to go out there that morning, do a walkthrough. They want to there because what happens is the sales guy says one thing, the and then the customer says another, then the installer does one one or the other, and then everything gets done. They're like, well, the, the sales guy promised this, and we're only doing this, right? Or you guys did this. So one thing that we did as you get to scale, right, things become more difficult. Uh, but we had created a process where the sales rep would go back. That would be their first call. We'd block out their morning. You need to go to your job site, go do a walkthrough with your customer, make sure that they're happy with everything, make sure that you agree upon everything, then we'll start the work. And so we we did that a lot because we also did, we have a big, a lot of our installers were Hispanic, had language barrier, stuff like that, that made it difficult as well. But we found that our AR went even, we were getting paid way faster by having that job site visit. But also our sales guys were going in there, you see installers would start to work. And then we'd be able to upsell stuff, upsell air scrubbers. Oh man, that coil is gross. So this is gross. And we started upselling stuff while we were there on the job site. Does that make sense to you guys? Or I mean, if they, like I said, you guys can tune in too. I mean, if there's if there's something else you guys are doing that's working, uh, but like I said, the main the main thing is always just always being in constant contact with that customer, making sure that they understand everything you're getting, and if they understand everything you're getting, we provide it, then we should be able to collect pretty easily. Uh, but this is just one of the processes you guys should be working on right now before you head into summer, right? There, I, I would be working through. So a lot of people may might be you know, well, they're kind of lazy right now. Don't really want to go to the office, kind of slower, or not want to work as much. This is when you have to work hardest because this is when you have the best time to be able to fix those processes and train your staff uh, to be able to actually implement it before it gets busy. Because once it gets busy, then it's fucking all, all fucking all hell, all hell breaks loose, right? And then you're trying to figure out why, why your staff's a mess, why no one understands what they're doing. Well, you just wasted the last couple months not training them when you had the opportunity. No, a ton of value here, Vic, man. I definitely appreciate you going through it. Um, is it legal in California to collect, say, a $1,000 deposit and then an additional material deposit of, say, 3500 before starting the job? You can you can, you can collect the entire amount as soon as the, the equipment's dropped. So if you really wanted to and you wanted to, say, you collect 1000 a day and then when the equipment's dropped, you pay this half and then the rest when you finish, you can um, but as soon as the equipment's dropped, you can collect the re remaining amount. You can charge the remaining amount. So as long as the material's on, on site. Understood. Does that make sense? Uh, yep, it does. Um, right, I know you're, you're small, you're smaller, right? So I'd imagine, you know, obviously cash flow to be able to buy equipment, all that stuff is very difficult as you start up, especially with the freaking equipment cost nowadays. Yeah. Um, so I'm seeing you're probably like, fuck, I'm putting out all this cash and I got to float until the job's done. Right. Exactly. Or you know what? Since I haven't had financing, I've been floating people the entire project and just self-financing, waiting on them to send me my money. Um, so yeah, that sucks. And you know, definitely learned some hard lessons. You know, I probably got 60 G in receivable as just a small one-man band. So I, I well, feel man, that so, and that and that's and that's the conversation. I, I I wouldn't do any more work until I collected that money. So the one thing that was happening in Vegas, right? Like we that was AR ballooned, right? And my partner called me and I'm like, I'm like why are you giving, why are you even fucking calling me? Do nothing else. Don't even sell another fucking job until you get your money. Like go, that has to be top of priority, right? right. For some reason we right. keep moving forward and then the fucking thing just gets bigger. Like 
Jeff, like I said, Jeff doesn't allow AR. It doesn't happen in his business. And that has to be a precedent for how you set your business, especially you're a small, you're a small business. In fact, that 60 grand, you know, can bake or break you. That could put you out of business, right? Mm. 60 grand, 60 grand is not putting Jeff out of business, right? 60 grand will put your ass out of business. Now you can't buy equipment for your next job. Then what happens? Now, yep. Now I'm slow buying trucks and I'm slow wrapping them. You know, so yeah, you're, you're, I feel you're, it. You're, it adds up very quick. So I, if I was you, that's all I'd be doing every day. I'd go fucking, like, I remember I, I would go to customers' house and bang on their fucking door and I wouldn't leave until they paid. Right. Because I, I've been there because I got to that and it killed my cash flow as a business, especially as a scaling business, especially when you're doing, you know, five installs a day. You got to buy five installs worth of equipment every day. And that's a lot of money, right? It all adds up. And then sometimes those jobs take two or three days and you're floating all that cash and you're just, you're, you're hand, you're, you can't make payroll. You can't do these things. So you guys got to make sure, especially when you're smaller, that you get this down before you get bigger. Because the last we were talking, uh, when on financing, even in my size business, I've never been to 60 grand in accounts, account payable. Just don't let it happen. It's, it's, you just can't let it happen because, like Victor said, imagine, you know, it, it being a one man guy being at 60 grand. Imagine when you have, you know, a dozen people where, where you're going to be about $200,000 and just like that 60 grand affects you with one man guy too, 200,000, you're going to be screaming for that money. Yeah. So, I mean, your cash is right there, but, I, but back to the analogy I was saying, right? Like if I walk in and you should think about this as your business, right? And you should always just, just not allow it. Cause I think AR is theft. Like I'm not a fucking bank, right? Them holding my money is theft, right? And so I look at it, like if I went into 7-Eleven a day, Right. I went into 7 Eleven today. I started just grabbing all these fucking snacks. I grabbed the fucking Gatorade. I grabbed a Slurpee. I grabbed fucking rapid candy, all this stuff. Right. And I just walked out of there and said, I'll pay you next month. What would happen? No, it's not happening. They would tell you, they'd call the fucking cops. Right. Right. For some reason, we think it's okay in our business for them to rob us and take our money and hold on to it. Right. I don't think that way. So the the problem was this. So I usually don't have an issue with collections, even, you know, using some. You know, the the same methods that we would all think that we're going to use. We're going to go to your house. We're going to knock on the door. We're going to have a conversation. We're going to figure this shit out right now. Uh, but yeah. it, was, it was a Fed. So because he was a Fed, it swayed that, you know, that brawn a little bit. I was a little like, oh, maybe I shouldn't go, you know, kidnap this guy out front of his house. You know, maybe, you know. Well, I, I, I would. So the, also, the other thing is you're, so that, each, each, state, each state has a different lien process as well. So like California, if you don't file that lien within 30 days, you ain't going to get a lien. So... I would I would call and say, perfect. They're not answering. I just leave a voicemail. Hey, by the way, I'm going to go ahead and file this lien tomorrow just so you know you'll be getting the paperwork in the mail that I filed the lien against your property unless you call me back today and pay this today. And I bet you those people that aren't answering will call you back. Yeah. So we, we actually ended up working with a company where we put it on their credit. That's the only thing that wakes people up, apparently, because a lot of people are like, ah, we'll, we'll refinance. We're not going to refinance. We're not going to sell. We'll worry about it down the road. The only thing I found that actually makes people move is when you put it on everyone in the house's credit, put it on his credit, put it on the wife's credit, put it on the ground. You know, everyone is on. Yeah. And then that's, and that's, not, a bad, so that's, that's not a bad thing that provokes the conversation that I've found. But I think everything else, dude, you don't get it while you're there. It's just an uphill battle. No, and, and I agree. So, I mean, that's that's something that we want to make sure that's happening as well. So, on top of that, we can also, you know, there's there's ways to automate stuff as well. So, like, obviously, we use texting as well. So, we're going to text them the, the day, you know, the day of the install. Hey, but we even, like, if they're not answering the phone, we do send a text through our automation software that says, hey, we're collecting, by the way, before they start up the system, we'll put already pre-planned pre out text or whatever it is. That's going to go out as well, right? So, we want to get as many touch points as we want. 
and get that customer to understand like this is this is our process of what's happening. And I bet you if you guys do this, it's going to cut that down. So like I said, most of you guys maybe are not dealing with this, right? But that's because you're not big enough yet. So as you get bigger and things are going going fast and you got you don't have you don't have you're wearing a million different hats, right? As soon as the as soon as that first heat wave hits, like we're running, we're running and gunning. So whatever it is, and it doesn't matter what business you're in, this is the process you have to put in place. On top of that, we should be putting a different, we should be putting processes in for every department right now. So like my challenge to you guys would be like, you know, obviously over the next week or whatever, we can have a conversation next week when we, when we get back on the, uh, for the next coaching call. But you should start looking through every part of your business. You guys need to start acting as if you are the customer, right? Pretend you're a customer, call your business, right? When was the last time you called your office? And some of you guys might be the only one answering the phone, but call your office today. See, are they able to answer the phones? Are they, are they understanding quickly? Ask them a couple of questions that might throw them off and see if they have answers to them. And if they don't, that's something you should be working on right now as well. You, they, your call center needs to have a script or, or like, hey, look, if someone asks this, this is what we do, right? And start working through those things that they keep running into and listen to the calls and say, man, they keep running into this. Let's have a pre-written out thing right here in front of their face in the office of what to say when this happens, right? And I know like, so Jeff, Jeff's wife runs the call center and that's what her background is. She's amazing at it, right? So like, if you look in their call center, it has those things already right there. They so we'll be able to answer it. So then we're, when you bring in a new call center rep, that, that speed to build them up and get them going is, is not the, – the time it takes isn't as fast as well or it doesn't take as long. So you have that process down. But we also need to be working on, on – especially this time of year, right, when everybody's – you know, we're, I'm, in, I'm in Salt Lake City, Utah right now. It's 50 degrees today. There's no weather. What is the process we're putting in place with our technicians, right? Or how are we holding them accountable as well? Because we have guys running tune-ups all day. And they're not selling anything. Have you thought about their tune-up process? How are you holding them accountable right now? So I would be going out. This is a good time to be doing ride-alongs. It's a good time to be going out there and seeing what's going on in the field. Because it's magic what happens when you go out there. You can think everybody's doing the stuff, you doing it the way you expect them to do it. And in reality, they're skipping a million different steps and they can't figure out why they're not collecting any money. So this is something I would talk about it. I'd be as well. So I don't, I don't know you guys, obviously each company in here has different size business, different size people, all that stuff. So you know, I, I can't tell off the top of my head where you guys are at. Is this all making sense to you guys? Like a lot of people, when it's not busy, they want to, they just want to relax and take their vacation and chill. The companies that are successful have no fucking chill. Okay. We don't have a chill. It doesn't shut off. We're not, we don't sit at, we're not sitting at home relaxing all day. We're in there. We're in there every morning. We're still pushing because that's the only thing that's going to keep pushing you guys going forward. If the owner isn't there, if you're not pushing those guys every day, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. If they're, do you think they're going to be working hard or they're just going to be kind of lazy too? Well, the boss doesn't care. He knows it's slow, so I'm going to be slow. Oh, he knows that people aren't buying right now, so why do I even need to push? He's going to accept it. Has anybody ever been guilty of that? Yeah. So all but of us. I right? was going to tell you, one of the things that helps me out, generally when we're slow, is we go through all our trucks, all our shit, anything that's um, equipment, right? The last thing you want to do is be busy and freaking – have a truck breakdown because guess what? We didn't service it. We didn't get those tires done. Like that, we try to keep moving on on some of that stuff too. So, uh, yeah, just for other guys in case. You should be going through every part of your business right now. This is how you prepare. Like this is how you get ready for the busy season, man. You like the the reason why I was able to scale my business so fast was like I didn't take a I wasn't taking time off in the off season, right? Like I was I was pushing every day. I was the one I was there at seven a.m. I was the first one in the building. I was the first one, you know, meeting all the installers, keeping the morale up. Because right now this time of year, people aren't making as much money, they're not working as much. So what do you do? Like if you just let them float around and, and be thinking, right? When when you got when a when a, when you're freaking you got nothing going on, you're sitting around all day. What do you think happens to your installers' heads, your technicians' heads, right? They start their minds start running. 
Well, does the other company have calls? Where, you know, does my boss even care? He's not even at work. Why do I even give a fuck? And it sets a precedent, right? Because as you guys know, the fish rots from the head. So like for us, like this time of year is when I'm going to love on my guys the most. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to say, hey, look, we get excited. Let's do some training. Dude, this shouldn't be two days a week training or one day a week training right now. Realistically, the guy, if you were to right now, you took your staff and you're slow and you start doing training four days a week on different subjects that matter. What do you think that's going to compound to you when it does get busy, right? Because you can't, when it's busy, you can't do training. When it's busy, you're, you're not going to have your guys coming in, in every single morning at 7 a.m. and do training, unless you're me, because I'm a psychopath. But for me, and, and Landon knows, right? We had the 7 a.m. meetings, I don't give a fuck, it was 105 out, right? But that's just, that's how I, that's how much I mattered as far as training. And I talked to one of my ex-employees today, and he's like, dude, he's like, you have no idea, man. He's like, I go into these other companies, and it's like, they don't, these guys don't get it. And he's only been doing it for two years, and he's kicking the shit out of all of them. They're like, how'd you get up to speed so fast? Because we didn't stop training. It was every day. It was relentless. Like I was constantly training on my guys for sometimes five days a week if I could, but usually it was Tuesday through Friday. We had an hour training. They came in, they were learning something, right? And I know some of you guys are Blueprint members, right? Like just have them come in, put a different subject from the Blueprint on there every fucking day and hammer it in their head. Because when you hammer it in their head now, as soon as it gets busy, they're already ready. They're already ready. They're going to fucking crush it for you. But you can't go back. You can't go back later. You can't go back when it's already 100 degrees outside and try to implement new processes. Try to get the guys to fall. You know, try to try to get the guys up to speed and start getting trained on stuff. And it's like, dude, you already missed the boat. So the people that win in this industry or win in any business, right, are the ones that are proactive about it. So right now, I would really, I would really go through every department right now and document those processes. And if you don't document them, what happens, right? Do you, like all of us as entrepreneurs, what do we think? We think that everybody knows what we know. Everybody thinks the way we think and people know what we want done all day. When it's the opposite, if people knew how we thought and thought like us and did all the and, and, and saw stuff before we did, before we, before they needed to do it, they would run their own fucking business, right? But they're not running their own business. These guys want to be guided. They want to be, they have one direction. They want to be told what to do. They want to have checklists. They want to have these things in place. And if you can put those in place and you can start doing it now, then you can start scaling your business. Some of you guys are like, I want to grow. But you can't even take the time right now to start putting processes in place to grow. So what happens when you grow? You know, every time I see a business that's not making money that says they want to grow, what do you think is going to happen when they when they grow? You think they're going to make money or they're going to make less money? Less. Fucking way less money, dude. It's going to be worse. It's only going to compound, right? Or like, hey, I'm going to go pull money out. You know, a lot of times what happens, we get those cash advance loans or something like that. And we've all been there. We had to borrow money. I borrowed money when I started. The reason I had to borrow money is because I had a broken system. These businesses should be printing cash. If it's not printing cash, your system is broken. Something is wrong within your business. This is a very high margin business, right? If I have a ten thousand dollar job and I finish it in a day, even if I'm at forty percent gross margin, gross margin, that's still four thousand dollars in a day, right? So we should be cash flowing a lot. So if you're looking at yourself and you have to take on debt right now, you have to take on a loan. You got to do that stuff. You should really think about what you do before you take that loan because all that debt equals death, and that's how I look at debt equals death. And if you think about it that way. Before you take that loan, you're like, dude, is this going to make my business worse or is it going to be better? You think it's like a lot of times those cash advance loans or whatever those things are, a merchant and merchant advance loans, all it is, all it is is putting some fucking putty on a leak in your boat, right? You put the putty on it and then you're going to get a leak over here, a leak over here, and it's going to keep getting worse and worse when you really, you shouldn't be growing. A lot of you guys are growing before you should grow because you got to nail it before you scale it. If you try to grow too early, you're going to be in a shit, you're just going to become a bigger and bigger shit show. And you guys got to understand how things compound too. Like, you know, like, oh, if I buy another truck, then I can get another guy and we start creating more money. And that, that's not usually how it works. You got to understand how everything compounds together and how, how the money works. 
And that's why we, we talk a lot about a lot of times about understanding your money, understanding your financials, because if you don't understand your numbers. You don't understand your break even. You don't understand these things. You go put more stuff on top of it and you can't even hit your break even now. You're not going to hit your break even by getting bigger. Does anybody, anybody have any questions or anything that that's kind of pressing right now that they would like me to answer? I know this, you know, this is not a beat up session, but I'm just, I'm just trying to get you guys to really think right now, because a lot of times what happens when we get busy, we get like, woe is me. And you should almost take it, take this lower time. Like, obviously we want to be pushing forward. Like I'm always pushing forward. Like we're outbound calling, we're dialing, we're texting, we're emailing. We're always pushing forward to fill the schedule. And sometimes it doesn't happen. Right. But we can't take our foot off the gas. Like almost sometimes I take being slow as, as a blessing because it gives me an opportunity to, to, to take my time and really fix the things in my business. Because when it's busy, you can't fix shit. When it's busy, you're never gonna be able to implement anything. You're never gonna be able to have the time. Your, your staff isn't gonna, be, isn't gonna have the, the bandwidth to be able to do it. But if you guys can really get your, you know, if you guys have managers or team leaders or whatever, I would ask them, man, like, what are things that you guys are seeing? What are issues that you're running into? What's something that's bugging you every day that you, you can't stand about our business? And ask them because all of them have have pain points they see every day, but they're too scared to tell you. So that you know, that's one thing we have, we had like anonymous like question box in the business, right? Because we wanted people to tell us what the hell's going on because we're so busy we don't see it. But I bet you if you talk, you brought your staff in tomorrow or on Monday or whatever or next week or whatever, you had a meeting and said, "Hey, what are pain? What are some pain points you're running into every day that we can help try to solve?" And I bet you they would give you a fucking laundry list of shit. Would you guys David, agree? I got a question for you. Yeah. Uh, processing fees, merchant fees. Um, do you ever negotiate or anything like that? Or um, what do you do to get those down? It's going to be impossible. Dude. The, the, you got to understand that the CRM has you by the nuts, right? Because, yeah, you can go to a third-party processing company and, and, and do that. But it becomes very difficult and cumbersome within your business, right? You're trying to use now and say you can't just run it through house call, you can't just run it through service site or Sarah or whatever you're on. Now you got to pull a third party processor and then then trying to track it back into the CRM and tag it to your things is almost impossible. Um, but the CRMs know they have you by the balls, and there's not really much you can do about it, uh, to be quite frank. Now, you know, obviously financing fees, stuff like that are negotiable. Uh, but for the most part, the CRM knows you have them by the balls because it's just like anything else, right? Like, I don't know if you know about like like Green Sky, about Green Sky, about six years ago, the CEO got caught on video saying contractors are so fucking dumb that because we make it easy, we can charge them more. And that's a fact, right? It's just the easy use is what you're paying for. And no, there's not really much you could do on credit card processing fees if you're going through your CRM. Now, if you go through other, I mean, I have plenty of outside companies you can use, but it just becomes it becomes more cumbersome, harder to use, and it's going to waste more time trying to save a couple pennies. That like, I mean, if you're doing $2 million a year, realistically, what's it going to save you 20 grand on the whole year? Uh, but how much time is it going to take you to, to go outsource it or run it through a different processor and track that down, have people trying to follow your money and tie it into your POs and all that stuff? Because, you know, I, I looked at it because I was looking at one for, for Profit Rocket too, because we're looking at running, so Stripe is raping us, right? Stripe, like the amount of money we spent, we paid to Stripe is insane. And I went through and I went through the whole thing and I'm like, by the end of the, by the, end of the deal, like we did the same amount of revenue next year as this year it's going to save us 20 to 30 grand and 20 to 30 grand isn't worth me, you know, losing all the easy use and all the other benefits that went with it. It just doesn't make sense. And yeah, it sucks. It's a lot of money, but if it's easy use to me is more important time is money. And, and I would just call, I would just, what I will tell you right now is everything that I do in my business, I charge 7% on top of for credit card processing and financing, everything. I don't care if you're buying a capacitor, a system, whatever my pricing, when I build it out, 
I build out the pricing that I need, and then I add 7% to every job. And then at the end of the year, guess what? I end up making money from processing fees because credit cards are only at three for 3.5 or three, whatever. And a financing is at 5%. So now I get that, I get the Delta on that. So I'm getting 2% for every time they finance. I'm getting 4% every time they use a credit card and I'm getting 7% every time they pay with a check. And if you just build your pricing like that, then you don't have to worry about the processing fee. It's just, it's, it's just part of doing business. You can't think about it too much. You just got to build it into your price. Does that make sense? Yep. And then yeah, as far as uh, price increases that it doesn't uh, change the morale, like we went up 6% this month. We did two to 3% increases, but um, did you ever, obviously I'm pretty sure you bumped up your pricing within times, but you noticed like if you went up, let's say 10%, is, did it affect the guys or anything like that? No, it didn't. So you just have to have the communication, right? Say, look, you congratulate, like, I was just talking to my, so my cousin, the sales guy he used to work for me. And now he's working, he's working for my buddy's company. He called me today. He's like, dude, fuck yeah, we just got to raise today. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, they just raised the prices 10 or 15%. And that's, you know, that's how you got to look at it. And you say, look, you guys are getting a raise. You should be excited. Because at the end of the day, like if, if, if you're getting, if you don't, if you don't increase your prices and your, your cost of doing business going up, what do you think is going to happen? The bottom line It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Uh, so yeah, you, you just have to, you just have to communicate with them and say, look, you know, this is where we're at. You know, a lot of times, this, you know, before we get the price increase, we'll talk about it coming, right? Hey, look, by the way, they're, we're expecting a price increase February 1st, you know, and now that'll actually give them to put more pressure on the customer. But yeah, if you get a price increase, you have to increase it. And, and yeah, it might hurt them around, but to say, look, you know, this is, this is what, this is the reality. And guess what? Next year, we're going to get another one. And the year after that, we're going to get another one. It's just, it's just part of, it's part of doing business, right? It's inflation. So yeah, but yeah, you just have to communicate it. Don't just like change whatever you do. Don't just change the price and not fucking communicate it. Okay. So like, when, like I remember one time, uh, one of my, my GMs, they went and changed the price in the, in the whole, they changed the whole price book, right? One night, my guy didn't tell anybody, my guys go to the calls and they're used to what price and also they see it was like freaking $2,000 more per system. Then they freaked out because they're already like, they're, they were thrown off. So whatever you do, if you do a price increase, you do anything before you roll it out, have a meeting and say, Hey, just so you know. You know, even if you might have to eat it for like a week or two weeks or whatever, just plan it. Build out your price book and say, by the way, on this date, we're flipping the switch and the price is going up. This is why X, Y, and Z. We just got a price increase in the manufacturer. Therefore, everything's got to go up. And you just have to communicate it. Don't just don't just change it. And then like, and when they are like, oh, it's you know three eighty five for a run capacitor, then all of a sudden they go and they go look in their price book and it says freaking four eighty five. You don't just don't just don't surprise them. It'll be all right. Yeah, you also use that as like your your one one of your uh, re reasons why today's the best day to buy. Because hey, next week we have a new price book coming out for twenty twenty four prices. It hasn't been affected yet, but on February first we're launching a whole new price book. But that, that's going to reflect all the changes that happened on January first for us. So just just be be aware that you have about six days to get that price that you wanted right now. Uh, you know, to get last year's last year's prices up to date right now. Use it as an urgency builder for your, for your current guys. But yeah, so yeah, yeah, just make sure you guys communicate it. That's that's the only way to do a price increase. So like a lot of businesses, they just won't communicate it. And I think that's something you should do throughout your business, right? Is, is communicate. You know, the more communication, the more communication you have within your business, the more the more likelihood that your employees are going to be filled with part of it, right? You want to make sure that they feel. I mean, obviously, don't go tell them, "Hey, I can't make payroll on Thursday." That's going to scare the shit out of them, right? Even though, even if you can't make payroll on Thursday, don't tell them that. But do have that conversation that, hey. By the way, you know this is going on. Or hey, you know, hey, we really need to, we need really, we really need to do this because X, Y, and Z, right? 
and and communicate with them and, and it's okay to talk about the good bad and the ugly just don't talk about not being able to make payroll because that's never going to end well do you guys have any other questions for tonight any of you guys out here in salt lake city for door-to-door con it's pretty excited about it. i want to i'm trying to figure out obviously take as much information from this event and build out a door-to-door uh training inside the blueprint so you guys have it as well um, because I think that door, I think door to door works very well. Um, I've been sold door to door myself or I've had people come to my house and I bought stuff, but like the cost of the cost of doing business is getting asked the cost of leads is getting crazy. And if you can get it, you know, if you can find a good way to be able to get those leads without having to you know pay for advertising, that it's, a, it's always a good thing. So I'm going to be taking as many notes. I'm actually going, I'm, I'm speaking at the event. I think I speak like three times, but I'm mostly there to go learn and hopefully help bring some stuff back to you guys that you could help them implement in your business. I don't know if any of you guys are going to be out here or not. Hey, Vic. Yeah. So I'm using the uh, Profit Rhino price book. <clears throat> okay. You know, I add that in there for the uh, credit card processing fees and all that in there. Uh, Profit Rhino. I, I've never used that service. So I'm not sure, um, but I'm sure. I mean, you you have to you have to input all your numbers in there, right? I just basically put in there, uh, you know, from a penny to fifty dollars, mark it up one hundred fifty percent, got a like a sixty percent profit, all the way down. I to would, I would, I would go. I have a pricing calculator on our website. If you go to callprofitrocket.com, there's a free pricing calculator that, that shows you how I price my stuff. Um, I price myself at 65% margin on everything. And that gives me wiggle room to, to discount or whatever. Um, ideally, we don't discount, but yeah, I price everything at 65%. But there is a free pricing calculator on our callprofitrocket.com. If you look in there, one of the drop downs, they'll say pricing calculator. Uh, hit that, hit that pricing calculator there. And then, you know, you can compare it to whatever, but the mine has an opportunity, mine has a space to put in financing, to put in commissions and all that stuff is in there. Uh, but you, Michael just put the link to it. So it's a free, free pricing guide. It's right there in the, uh, in the, uh, chat box. What would be a good script to open door knocking opportunities for when you install in the neighborhood and what type of message makes sense to, to leave on a door hanger to leave behind if the homeowner isn't home? Okay, so this is something that I um, that I've done personally. So every time we do a job, and and I make like I said, my sales reps have to go back to the job site in the morning. So I have them knock on the neighbor's door, usually three to the left, three to the right, and then five across the street. Obviously, depending on if it's a, some neighborhoods, a big ass house is obviously not that many. Um, but what we have them do, we have them knock on the door and say, "Hey, this is hey, my name is Victor with Absolute Airflow. I'm one of our project managers. I just want to let you know we're doing an install for your neighbor." If my guys are loud, they leave a mess or anything bogging in or their cars on the way, here's my number and go ahead and give me a call if you have any uh, any questions or concerns. So instead of going in like, hey, I'm, I'm trying to sell them something, I come in like nice and then they always ask, well, what's my neighbor doing over there? Well, I don't know if you still have the original system. I don't know if you've had any issues because with your ductwork, but they're replacing their ductwork over there because they couldn't get any airflow to their back bedroom this whole time they've been here. And so that's what we're over there doing. Or, hey, we're, we're installing a new system because X, Y, and Z. Well, that's cool. Yeah, if you want, I'm sure they'll be fine with you going over there and checking out the system if you want to look at it. But a lot of times if I come in like that, instead of coming in trying to sell something, it does it does actually open up the door. And even then, it's like, hey, by the way, you know, you know, we are in this neighborhood. If you have if you if you want, here's a here's a here's my card on the back of there as an offer for a $39 tune up or $49 tune up. When was the last time you had your system serviced? But lead with trying to help them, trying to lead with them being nice. And then from there, flip it and try. And then you're trying to sell them on something. We're trying to get the service done or whatever it is. 
hey, while my guys are working, I can have someone come over here and do a tune-up on your system as well and make sure your system's operating safely. Uh, so that's something that I would that I would do um, that works really well. We also automate with uh, with dope marketing for radius mailers. So um, when we do a job, it automatically triggers inside of service time to send mailers to the neighbors' houses, or we can set however many we want. And it has an auto trigger, and it has a, a letter in there saying, "Hey, we're doing we're doing work for your neighbor." Blah blah blah. And we can even even make it to where it puts the customer's name in it. Uh, hey, we're doing we're doing a system for Victor uh, right on on Sioux Road or whatever it is, right? But you can build that however you want. But we do radius mailers, and we knock on the door. Has been the most successful way for us. Is it possible to get a copy of the radius mailer or any uh, of the mail that you drop out? Uh, I can call them. I can call. I, I don't have it personally, but I can. I can try to get a hold of something that we send out. Uh, but you can custom. They can custom make anything you want. They're really. And if you guys are, you let them know your profit rocket customers. You do say. I think you save like ten or twenty percent or something like that. Um, so if you guys let them know that you're you're partnered with us, you can get some discounts on it as well. Um, but they they do all of our door. They do our 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 all of our door flyers. They do all of our radius mailers, and they also do like yard signs and all that stuff as well. Don't ask Joe about his yard sign experience. All right, I see a little hate in the chat. I don't know what's Mike Hayden. What's, what's he talking about? What's he hating? Not a chance, Landon. Oh, he's saying not a chance that I'm going to show you my mailer. He's just joking. He's just fucking with you. If you guys don't know, Landon's one of my ex-employees. He's got, he's got his own business now. So Mike, me and Mike and him go go way back. So he just likes to mess with him. Um. Any other additional questions, guys? I hope I hope this meeting is uh you know been beneficial. I mean, obviously every week I try to bring in some kind of different different type of topics and different knowledge. Uh, I hope you guys are getting getting stuff out of these. If there is any subjects that you really want to cover, you know, I think we're we're talking next week. We're going to be bringing in a uh, uh, outside person that's going to talk about uh, social media, how to book social media ads, or how to book any of your online leads, and how to put a process in place that none of your leads fall through the cracks. Um, so that, I mean, that's one of my business partners up in Pennsylvania. They've gone from, you know, they started in 29 or 2018 or 2019, and they're going to do uh, 28 million this year, primarily on social media ads. And they have like a pull it pretty much bulletproof process on booking those leads and making sure that no customer, no stone gets left on turn. Because as you guys know, you can get as many leads as you want, but if you can't book them, then you're never going to go anywhere. And then obviously we'll talk about a little bit about conversion, converting them as well. Um, but they're very versed in it. They got some really good processes. I'm going to see if they can they can actually send some of their documents that they have as well. Uh, but that's that's how they scale they they scale their business. Their call center is like fucking monsters, dude. Like their call center doesn't let nothing fall through the cracks. And they'll talk about some of the stuff that he put in place that you know either automation stuff uh, or things along those lines that he's using. Um, also, if you guys haven't, like I said, we we have our software that's getting ready to launch. Uh, we're about a week and a half away. I'm already using and running it now with a couple of my locations. It is going to be freaking badass. So uh, it's going to be something super easy for you to be able to retarget and remarket to your customers. So uh, we made it so easy a contractor can use it because my I'm pretty dumb when it comes to uh, technical stuff. So we made it pretty badass. Um, if you guys want to, we can uh, I can send you guys some information on that as well if you guys want to check it out. Uh, but it's it's going to make automating your business fucking easy. It's not like you know all these other for some reason like Turp and all these other ones are so difficult to make campaigns. I made it super simple, super easy for you to build campaigns. We could also scrub your list so you can legally do it. Uh, we have the software that we put it through. So when you put upload your list, we'll actually uh, get you qualified for the DNC. And so you're not you're not liable if anything if the customer gets mad or whatever or texting. We have an opt-in thing, so you guys are, you guys can text in as much as you want without getting in trouble. So 
Anything else, boys, you guys want to go over? Home show. How do I prepare for that? We're doing our first home show here uh, two weeks, three weeks. Perfect. Perfect home show. Get a get a bucket for, for them to submit their information. Uh, and once they submit their information, you should go. Michael can get you the thing uh, where we got these. We get these gift cards made. You get like $50 or $100 gift cards. Uh, one side, just your logo and all that stuff. The other side is $100 gift cards for your business. Hand out physical gift cards while you're there. Um, so they can use that towards whatever they want, either a tune-up or repair, replacement, whatever it is. You might want, you might do 50, you might do 100 bucks. So get physical gift cards and then also get a wheel, spinning wheel for prizes. Uh, and, you know, you can give away air scrubbers, you can give away whatever it is, right? Like, you know, 10 years of free filters or whatever, come, come up with something you want to give away. So have a spinning wheel, have physical gift cards to give away. You can get them printed for super cheap. Because people, when they get physical stuff like that, like this, like it's a plastic card. It looks like a real gift card and it says hundred bucks gift card. Say, hey, you can use this or give this to anybody you like. Put a, put a special tracking number on there so you know where it came from. But people like physical shit. And, you know, and if they submit their information, here's a hundred bucks. And you can use it for whatever. And people will hold on to those and they will use them. So that's what I would do at the home show. Well, he mentioned, he uh, I have a contact. I have, all I have is a, is a basically like a, like a a mock-up of one the place that we were using that they, they, they can't they won't go to th through us anymore they uh they stopped because it's just a partnership thing that they, they only go through um people who bought us that they, they won't allow me to go through them anymore I said, all right buy they won't let me buy them they won't let me refer people to me or even show me a, a sample version of it anymore which is funny because i have i have them so <laughs> that's why i was like i already have them dude like what the fuck you want me to do what's so. what's the company oh I stopped using them a little bit ago. Let me see what the name was. Um, it was, uh, let's see. The, uh, fuck. One second, guys. Well, if they can't do it, I'll find I'll find someone that can. I'll start looking up, looking, looking I mean, up something I mean, and figure it out. Someone yeah, yeah, they, 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 they don't want they the don't money. Want they, don't, they want to keep their partnership with the guys they have, and they don't want me to jump in, jeopardize that. Is it okay? Can no you problem. Take some, can you take to some pictures and send it to me? But to be honest, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll just send you guys over the mock-ups. You guys can take it to any local printer. They can get plastic plastic cars made. It's not that difficult. But yeah, Michael, send you, we'll, we'll send you a copy of what, what, what they are so you can see them. But anytime you yeah. get something like something physical to give out, it's yeah, better, yeah. right? And I know like with like our, our brand, like, like top line, right? We give out teddy bears with the top line, you know, pre-made teddy bear, stuff like that. Um, but you just got to get something they're going to hold on to. Right. And you usually don't want something that's going to be a, like something they're going to throw away or a consumable that they're going to use really fast. Like you want something that's physical that they can hold on to their kid holds on to fucking something that's going to stick in their house. Right. Could be a flashlight. It can, you know, it can Goodrich at the flashlight. You could do a flashlight with your stuff on it, or you can do a, you know, if you're a plumber, do a plunger with a fucking, with your logo on it or whatever it is. And, and stuff along those lines, but just look for something physical you can give out. And then the gift cards are good going to help drive more business all right guys well that's going to wrap up our our weekly call we will see you guys next wednesday if you guys do have any questions or concerns always feel free to reach out to me or my or michael uh in between the weeks our job is here to help you guys help you guys get better every every week if we can get a little bit better every week eventually over time it's going to compound and we're going to become badass operators so uh if you guys ever have any questions drop them if you guys are in the in the group go ahead and put you know hey this is this issue's happening or whatever we will document it and we'll cover it in the calls the point of doing the live calls is that you guys have access to me. You guys can ask the questions that you guys are thinking in your head. Uh, when you get those questions out, then you can move on to the next thing and get those answers. So hope you guys enjoyed this week's call. I will be talking to you guys soon. And by the way, get your damn tickets to Dallas. It is almost sold out. So if you guys haven't got your tickets to Dallas, make sure to hurry up and pull the trigger on it.
uh, especially the after party. Everybody wants to get part of be part of the Rick Ross thing. So if you haven't got your tickets, go to the website, get the tickets, be done with it, and make sure to book your hotel rooms because we only reserve 350 hotel rooms. Uh, once they're sold out, that venue is the only thing that's really close by, so you're going to want to be there. So book your hotel rooms, get your tickets. We'll see you guys next week.